It's the Dogcast episode 287. Bulldogs beat the nerds again. Fans, it's the Dogcast episode number 287. This is Domination Week, uh, Georgia Tech post game show. Old dog, we beat the nerds like the nerds that they are. We beat them to death, you know? I mean, how great is it to just to win? How does it feel? I mean, first, because I know we have some Georgia Tech fans out there. We have some Georgia Tech fans that listen to this show, quite a few. Some Atlanta boys, you know, the born and bred, went to school in Atlanta, still in Atlanta, you know, the lawyer types, the, the you know, right. the, and uh, I know they listen. How is it? How does it feel to lose ten out of eleven? It it cannot feel good, and you know what even makes it better is just wiping that little smug grin all-knowing look that that idiot Paul Johnson has. I mean, you know, again, and, and it just goes with the whole tech thing. There's just this arrogance about them, and they're just, in, in the face of fact, they just can't, they can't handle it. I mean, they have lost, they have lost nine out of the last ten games. But again, every year they think, they're going to dominate. They think they're going to win because they got this. They got that. I mean, they're, they kind of turned into like South Carolina used to do. You know, South Carolina was always, well, you know, if it hadn't been for this, hadn't been for that, we would have done this. And it's that one player away. You know, it was going to be this, it's this certain thing this year is, is the thing that's going to do, you know, I mean, what was it back three or four years ago? You know, it was the defensive genius of of Tenuta. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's all you Tenuta, heard. You Tenuta, know, he was. Tenuta. You know, he was. He, God's, he was the secret he was sauce. God's, he was God's defensive coordinator. Yes. You know, set on this earth to to beat to help Georgia Tech beat the Bulldogs. Yes. And of course, he couldn't do it. No. You know, he was blitzing everywhere. You know, he had eleven people on the field, but it looked like he had thirty five. Oh, I'm telling you. It, Man, it, <laughs> it, you're right, and I, I've said it before in the past. It really, it feel, it, and it, every year as we just keep piling up W after W after W, it starts to kind of, it feels like we're kicking a puppy. I mean, I, I feel kind of, I almost feel sad about it, but I'll never you really do. feel sad about it because they, yeah, if they weren't so smug and superior with this air of superiority, this unearned superiority in exactly. no categories. You know, the whole thing of, oh, well, they always fall back on the, oh, well, we're smarter than you. Oh, you'll work for us one day. You know, oh, we have more damn gold coins in World of Warcraft than you. They always fall back on that kind of stuff, and that is demonstrably untrue, you know? 
the whole you'll work for us someday, give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah. Tech yeah, grads don't run anything. They work down in the engineering department of companies that are run by bulldogs. Okay, exactly. We're in the executive suite. They run minor departments. So, uh, sure, engineering is kind of important. Design, sure, whatever. We'll take, we, we go for the executive suite type guys. We're, we're the winners. They're the workers. That's all there is to it. Oh, they're the worker bees. They're the worker bees. We're the winners, man. Bringing honey to the queen. <laughs> we're busy working. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you look at these stats though, old dog, how is it? How is it that, you know, can you look at the stats? Georgia Tech seemed to kind of be close to us, you know, in the stat department. But so, so how is it well, that we and, beat and Derek, them so badly? A, Derek, there's an old thing. Stats are for losers. Yes, they are. And, you know, I mean, there's really, as, as we have often said, many times it's for us, a few times it's against us, but there's really only one stat that counts, and that's that final score up there on the scoreboard. You know, and you look at it, yeah, I mean, they they had some yards. A lot of them they got late in the game, you know, when we were resting our players for the game coming up next week yes. that a lot of SEC teams won't be playing in. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, again, if you look at it overall, you think, hmm, well, you know, maybe it was pretty close. Then you look at the score, and it really wasn't. The score's not indicative of the beatdown that we gave them. No, it was I a mean, sleeper. at no time did you really, when we, when we kept them out of the end zone on that first time they got in the red zone there in the first quarter, they were done. That the, was the it. The game was over. You're exactly right. And when we went up 14 to three, as you, we were talking about, they're not a team that's built to come from behind. You know, they're, they're, they're done. 14 to three, that game was over. But you're right. That goal line stand, when they can't punch it in with their damn awesome running on, you know, really? That's, is that really the second best rushing offense in the country? Is that really the best damn rushing offense the ACC's got? I mean, you know, I, I was, I just, it's pathetic. They're pathetic. Well, you know, and, and again, you go to the stats like that. Look who they did it against. Right. I mean, it's not like they take, you know, it, it's not like the golf swing and, and the Byron machine, you know, that hits every golf ball equally. Yes. So you know, that, you know, a, a Titleist Pro V is going to fly five more yards than something else. Yes. Because it's, I mean, you've got to look at the level of competition. I mean, and, you know, you go back, go back to, to Hawaii. You know, I mean, they were back in 07 when we played them in the Super Bowl. You know, I think they were the best offense in the world. Yes. You know, stat-wise. The but, greatest you know, show in and, college football. Right. You know, again, you've got to do it against a competition. And, you know, Georgia Tech plays in a basketball conference. Yes, they do. But I'll tell you this. It all, and for me, it all comes back to, right now at least, it all comes down to um, Paul Johnson. He's so smug. He was on Atlanta radio last week talking about how, you know, Bulldog fans remind him of the people that shop at Walmart and, you know, we're retards. And, you know, a couple years ago he said Georgia Tech fans should just – you just punch Georgia fans in the mouth, you know, and you know, really, he he's 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 Reggie Ball come back to life. He's well, Reggie no, Ball I, as a coach. In a sense, I tell you what he I, I tell you what he is more of to me. He is he's a poor man Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Because he's got he's got the arrogance 
and and I and I hate to say it, but the swagger Ooh. of Steve Spurrier, yes, but doesn't have the brain power or the the cojones to to do something different and win. I mean, you know, he he thought he had the magic elixir with this triple option that basically I think he probably learned from Irk Russell. Yeah, codenamed codenamed high school offense. Right. You know, and I mean and that does that does real well in what used to be division two and I don't know what the hell they call it now. Yes. You know, and, and that's where that offense needs to stay. Because that offense is good against guys that are a little bit slower and aren't as sure a tacklers and don't be and they can't scheme against it. But when you get up into big boy football, the guys <laughs> that that always play on a Saturday professional professional that, coaches. You know, we've got we've got speed and you know and God bless Todd Grantham who said he ain't ever gonna lose to a Paul Johnson offense. Oh man, I'm telling you what, that's my kind of defense coordinator right there. But that's but that's who Johnson Johnson has he he's got the he's got the attitude and the mouth of Spurrier but doesn't have the ass to back it up. Yeah, his mouth writes checks, his damn brain and ass right. can't can't catch. And, and as much as and as much as I hate the evil one, many a time he's been able to back it up. Well, I yeah, I hate the evil one as well. But I, I'll tell you this: he did a pretty damn good coaching job this year. I mean, really, the he did a lot better after Lattimore and Garcia went down than I thought he would. You know, yeah, making damn lemonade out of lemons. But anyway. Uh, eight different receivers. Aaron Murray carved this Georgia Tech defense all to hell and back. Eight different receivers. Orson Charles, man, finally had the game. Golly, I don't know what's up with that, but man, Orson Charles, <laughs> just a damn fantastic tight end. I mean, I just wish, I wish Orson Charles could get five catches every game. I really do. I think Orson Charles ought to get five catches every game. Well, it'd be good. And I mean, and we're blessed with good tight ends. I mean, you know, in back of Orson Charles, you got Aaron White. I know. Who'd probably be the number one tight end on just about any team that we, that we've played this year. Yes. You know, I mean, they'd love to have it, but you know, in, in getting back to the tech game again, they are so, and we were, you know, I'm going to say tech was so one. Dimensional. Yes. If you can stop their running game, they are not going to beat you with Washington's arm. And then you know all the little, all the little pimply faced geeky tech boys. I don't even know the guy that came in in the fourth quarter and started throwing some passes. You know, man, yeah, he, 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 you know. <laughs> That was against the third and fourth string defense. I know. You know that ain't that ain't working. Well, he only you know, he actually only completed he completed three passes. Um, we were calling him Sanjaya, which you know is a little soup yeah. humor there for you from the old uh, American Idol days. But anyway, uh, yeah, how did you know? And we we basically beat George State without without using a running back. You know, I mean, Ken Malcolm had twelve carries, but for thirty nine yards. You know, our second leading rusher was Aaron Murray. I mean, you know, so we didn't really run the ball that much, um, and still just managed to just dominate him. At, at no time after the after the field goal, you're right, old dog. There was no time, not even one minute after the field goal, that I thought we would have any chance of losing that game. 
And I'll oh, tell you this. You could tell that, that I, I didn't really talk about it during the game because I didn't want to jinx myself. But you could feel the damn wind go out of Georgia Tech's fans in that stadium. Dude, they didn't think they could win. I mean, they knew when they that first field goal, when you can't get that damn yard, when if, if Georgia Tech can't run it, from the three and get get in the box, they're not going to win, and they no. know it, you know. So, um, yeah, it was a big day, awesome day, great day, way to finish the drill. Our defense really finished the drill, shut Fran Tarkenton's little mouth, didn't we? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, Fran. we haven't heard anything from him in a while. No, we haven't. Fran Tarkington, you're in exile now, my friend. Um, you know. I got a question for you. You know how Georgia Tech is really famous. Really, this question should go out to Christian Robinson, but he's busy. I'm not going to bug him this week, okay? But uh, you know, with the cut blocks, the cut blocks, the cut blocks, the cut blocks, the constantly diving at your opponent's knees. Which I'm telling you, what I don't care how often those idiot, those awful announcers tell you that it's perfectly legal, and I know it's perfectly legal. But it's just a shitty way to play football. It's a crappy way to play in the trenches, if you ask me. It's not an honorable way. It's not a good way. I know it's effective, and I know it's what they're trained to do and all that stuff. But those cut blocks get on my freaking nerves. I hate them. And I know our defensive linemen hate them. I know D'Angelo Tyson hates them. But um, my question to you, old dog... Those that running game, that time of possession, you know, George Tech had. I mean, the time of possession was nearly even. It was thirty, thirty, thirty and a half to twenty nine and a half. But um, what do you think about the the those cut blocks and the physical toll that that's going to take on our defense? Do you do you think that's going to slow us down or hurt us going into this this uh, SEC championship game? You know, I I think to some extent it will. You know, and I agree with you totally. It's a it's a cheap, crappy way to take subpar guys and you know go against another team. Mm -hmm. It's just there's so many injuries that can come of it, and you know to act like it's it's normal, it's not. I mean, you don't have many teams at all, right? You know that that do that that teach that as their primary blocking scheme. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, you don't go into a game like that literally trying to hurt other players. Right. And, you know, that kind of thing is something that they want to do. I know, which is a Paul Johnson staple. Exactly. Um, You know, and again, just, you know, that that kind of, you know, I don't care. I'm going to do anything I want to do, you know, attitude. Uh you know, yeah, I mean, I hate Tyson, you know, getting hurt like he did. Uh, you know, gathers, they were cheering, you know, when he got hurt. I mean, you know, just, it, it's just crap. Yeah. How about the kid coming off the bench to replace Tyson? Uh, Garrison, what's his name? Garrison Smith? Well, I lost, I lost track of his last name. I know his first name's Garrison. Yeah, we Smith were, we, is the last name. Yeah, we were totally jammed. My, my sons were freaking out over how great that kid was coming off the bench. You know, he won, uh, he's a co-SEC defensive lineman of the week. I mean, that was fantastic off the bench performance by that kid. And, um, 
I just I just hope our guys aren't too worn out. I just hope we're not too worn out and uh, and and worn down from that game. I hope we're able to get it up. I know we can get it up. Oh, I just hope no it doesn't take a physical it. toll on us. Well, and no, I think we'll be fine. And you know, again, you and I need to remember, you know, these are you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old guys. They're a lot more resilient than me and you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, they can, they can recover. And I mean, this is, you know, we got a lot going on here. This is a huge game and this is kind of a, and it's neat that it's in the Georgia Dome. This is like a redemption game for the season. You know, we started out the season with great expectations. We were playing what Boise was number five, I think, in the nation. Yes. You know, at the time when they rolled into the dome and we just didn't for some, for one reason or another, we just weren't in the game. We didn't play. I mean, you know, Boise just flat out beat us. Yes. And, you know, it's kind of come full circle. Yes. You know, we've gotten a whole lot better. The team that played on September 3rd is not the team that we're going to see December 3rd. No. And it's nice that we're going to be back in the dome playing the number one, the deservedly so number one team in the nation. Because, I mean, you know, give your hat. You've got to tip your hat to LSU. They have played, what, five or six ranked teams. I think more three than that, actually. Went, I think seven. Three of them, when they played, were ranked in the top five. Yes. And, you know, and, and they haven't missed a beat. No, LSU's legit. And we're going to talk about that. Um, we've got a great pregame show for this SEC championship coming out. We're going to have in some special guests, some LSU specialists from the Go Show, our old podcast buddies. If you if you've been around the Dogcast for a long time, you know the guys from the Go Show. They are still broadcasting from deep in the heart of Cajun Country, and they are going to. Um, they're, we're going to have them on special guests for the pregame show coming up later this week, but. Um, and we're going to have a lot of SEC championship game coverage for you later in the week that I'm really excited about. But I kind of want to wrap this game, wrap this show up, talking a little bit more about this past weekend. You know, it was a great, great thing. I just want to talk about the difference between Georgia Tech and Florida. And I don't say, I don't compliment Florida very often at all. But I want to say that when the band spelled out Munson at the half, a lot of people, if you were home watching on TV, you didn't see this in real time, but. The band spelled out Munson at the half, and the Georgia Tech guys were cheering and chanting about how Georgia sucks. They were just chanting, you know, Georgia sucks. And while the Munson tribute was going on, contrast that old dog with the fact that Florida actually had a pregame moment of silence for Larry Munson before that Florida State game this past weekend. Can you believe that? Yeah. Credit where credit's due. Classy ass move, you Gators. I hate to exactly. say it, but that's a really classy move, and substantiates my belief that Will Muschamp is our most brilliant deep cover mole, the ultimate bulldog weapon of all time. Deep cover secret agent Will Muschamp. You know, I mean, what can you, like I say, <laughs> just. You have nothing to say to that one, do you, man? No. There's no, no, there's no comeback for that. Let's talk. What about Urban Meyer? Yeah, you know. Well, for, and, and, and let me say one thing before we get to the Urban Crier. You know, it's hard to and and with what you said about Florida, and and I do 
you know, appreciate what they did. They, year in and year out, they are probably the, the least, they're probably the, the <laughs> unclassiest fans that we have to deal with, except for tech. Yes, exactly. They are, I mean, you know, that, and that's saying something. When you're below Gainesville, when you're below the jean short wearing, classless, mullet, jort crowd, Dude, that's low. That's You've really got low. You got problems, Georgia Tech. You got issues, man. And they do have issues in Atlanta. The North Avenue nerds, they got big issues. Um, they got 99 problems, but beating the Bulldogs ain't one of them. No, they just need to cross that off of their list of things to do because it ain't going to happen. So how about Urban Meyer, old dog? He's, news out today is he's retiring from his family so he can spend more time with his job. Yeah. I mean, you know, what a, you know, I mean, does any, you know, he's like a little boy at Crod Wolf. Yeah. You know, and, and, and hats off to you because there's nobody, there's nobody that likes to toot their own horn more than you and I do. Yes, that's and, right. And back, back years ago, you laid out exactly the way Urban Meyer does. And sure enough, that's the way it goes. And, and he's even got the fans in Florida pissed off. I mean, here's a man that brought him two national championships and they're mad at him. They hate him because A, he left the cupboard bare. He opened the door for the deep cover mole, Will Muschamp. And now he's gone to Ohio State. I'm telling you, Ohio State, you know, they're, they're four million a year with 2.5 million in performance bonuses on a seven year contract. Who are you kidding with a seven-year contract? They need to start working on succession plan, succession plan right now. They got four years. They're on the clock, man. They got four years before he, before he retires from work to spend time with his family. You know, he's doing the reverse of that right now. My, even ESPN, headline on ESPN website right now, Meyer, a short-term solution. I mean, hell, well, and, they know, and, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Right, but I and but I don't think he's going to have the success at Ohio State that he's had at his other stops because he's not going into a loaded program. They're going to be on suspension. They're not going to have the scholarships, and you know a lot of the good players are already gone. Yeah, he's I mean he not, thought he's he not thought his damn heart able. was hurting. He thought his heart was hurting when he had uh, Percy Harvin and Tim Tebow. He ain't seen damn heartache yet <laughs> till he rolls no. OSU, till he rolls Ohio State into a bowl game against an SEC school, or you know tries to make something out of nothing up there with that quarterback crew he's got. Right, and I was I was going to work this morning and listening to the Steve Zabin show, and someone asked they had some CBS college analyst on there who I've never heard of before, and the question to him was asked, how long do you think it will be before Urban Meyer plays in the national championship game now that he's the coach at Ohio State? And my first response was, it ain't ever going to happen. Right. And, you know, this guy said, well, you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I think it's going to be five years because he's got to do this. What they don't realize is Urban Meyer doesn't build a program. Yeah, he's he not a in, yeah, exactly. He takes somebody else's talent and with with a good scheme, he puts together and you know, when things go right, which they have for him in the past, you know, he puts a national cha- he he puts a good he puts a good team out there. But I mean, you know, look what 
he walked away, and we know the reason he did. Look what Florida has. The cupboard's bare down there. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not you – know. and, and, and the thing is, I think at Ohio State, the cupboard is pretty well bare now, and Urban Meyer ain't the guy to stock it. No. And look, how much – you just got to know these guys up at Illinois are just kicking themselves, man. I mean, if they'd have pulled the trigger on Zook a couple of weeks ago, hell, maybe they could have got Urban Meyer. Because really, if you're Urban Meyer, Illinois is where you want to go. I mean, yeah. hell, Illinois got the damn hot hand right now. They've had the Zooker up there for, you know, five, six years. And uh, really, that's where Urban Meyer needs to be, not uh, not Ohio State. So, exactly. yeah, it's a four-year gig, four or five years tops. If the, yeah, if, the, if you think he's going to lead you to a national championship in five years, let me tell you something. He ain't going to be there in five no, years. No, if you're not if you're not in the national championship game by year two, yeah, he's it, he's it thinking about happening. moving on. Exactly, he's already right. thinking about moving on. You know. Because he's not a grinder. He's not a grinder. He's not a guy who's going to hang in there and try to build something special. He's the anti-Paterno, you know? He's not well, building well, a 40-year program or anything. No, and not only that, but it doesn't look like he's a recruiter either. No, no, it doesn't. And, uh, you know, whatever. Who cares? Meyer, Meyer's done. He He's... Uh, He's outlived his usefulness to me. We have deep cover mole Will Muschamp in place now in Gainesville, and uh, that's all you need to know. That's it. We got a pool winner this week, old dog, and it's pretty fitting. Dude. Pretty fitting. The winner of the last week of the year was also the winner of the season overall. Uh, Mel J. Mel J. Slash Go Dogs was the winner of the last week, and also the winner of the whole season. And, uh, gosh, I was nine and two against the spread, came in second place, and this dude beat me with his ten and one. Man, we should have taken the, we should have taken the cup money and gone to Vegas. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you what. But, uh, I'm telling you, it was a, it's a bit, it was a great week, a great season, ten straight wins for the Bulldogs, and now we got a big game coming up on Saturday, December 3rd. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I, it's going to definitely be a good game. I don't think LSU is going to blow us out. I think it's going to be a close game. And I go back. You can. I mean, I go back to when LSU played West Virginia. West Virginia put a lot of points on the board against LSU. LSU can be scored upon by a good, balanced offense. Yes. And I know we're getting into the pregame show yeah. but i tell you what we need we need our china doll number 1 running back <laughs> to step up you know yeah. he has more rushing yards this season than the rest of our running backs combined don't you oh i understand that and you know i don't i i'm not i'm not saying anything against his talent when he is on the field he appears to be a very good runner. I would just like to see him on the field more than he is. You know, um, funny thing. This one we'll close the show with because I'm I'm talking I'm talking straight to the straight to the listeners right now. 
You know, they took that Herschel story off of ESPN. You know, they had it on there for a little while, and then it was off. But now here in the past week or so, they've been showing it some more. Again, that Herschel, the storied uh, legend of Herschel Walker. And, you know, we talk about Herschel a lot on the show. Everybody who listens to the show knows how we feel about Herschel Walker. And I know Isaiah Crowell's not Herschel Walker, okay? Not and not ever going to be. There's not ever going to be another running back like that in my lifetime. I get that. But I was watching that thing, and a good friend of mine, the Burge, the Burge is watching that Herschel Walker story, and he looks at me and he goes, You know who should watch this? Isaiah Crowell should watch this. Isaiah Crowell needs to watch the Herschel Walker story about how he got pissed off, how he don't think the ball's heavy, about how he runs with a separated shoulder, and, you know, about just about toughness, mental and physical toughness, and running with an attitude, you know? Absolutely. And, and you know, to take that one step further, Herschel's. You know, Herschel's remedy for a separated shoulder was snap it back into place, and I just won't carry the ball in that hand anymore. Right. You know, Isaiah Crowell gets a bruise, and he needs to sit out. There you go. And that's it. That's that's it. If you want to be a great running back, you got to be a little damn tougher than you got to be a little tougher. You know, start start of the season. Herschel's got a broken thumb. What does he do? Put some bitch in a cast and goes in against Clemson. <laughs> there you go. Dog fans, thanks for listening. Give us a call at 706-363-0210 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Check out our app for your smartphones at stitcher.com slash dogs. Use promo code dog. So thanks, dog fans, for listening. We'll be back with a pregame show and the guys from the Go Show deep in Cajun country. And me and Old Dog are going to break down everything the Bulldogs need to do to get the win in our own little national championship game this December 3rd. We are going to take the damn LSU Tigers, the Bayou Bengals. We're going to take them down, and then we're going to wish them well in the national championship. Dog fans, that's it. Go dogs. Great game, dogs. This is Joey Dog from Lakeland, Florida. Man, look good today. Um, somebody needs to explain to me what's going on with Crowell. I mean, um, this kid is not like a super feature, and we're gonna hold him out two games and he's gonna come out and blow up LSU. Is this kid made a glass, or can he play, or what? Or do we need to just look for another running back? Um, next to that, defense looked great. Everybody looked great. Down with the nerds. Love the dog cast. Y'all take it easy. Go dogs. Hey, Dogcast, this is Pat calling from Northern Virginia. After another successful victory over the Bees, it was nice to see another total domination after a great season. And no matter what happens next week, the Dogs are winners for this year. And no matter what anybody says about the schedule, Alabama played virtually the same schedule. And no matter what happens against LSU, Coach Rick has done one Heck of a job, and the future looks good because people, once again, Georgia gets no press, but and they talk about how young Tennessee is and how young Florida is, and they struggled, and they neglect to mention how young Georgia is, just as young, and everybody's coming back. Go dogs! American Old Dog, Spradleton Dog, solid, solid win against the Nerd Herd. Love it. Uh, all the all the ingredients. The taking that game away was over. Uh, to give you guys some, uh, some material to laugh at, uh, the AJC this morning, I mean, they're calling for Al Crow's head. 
and uh, and hey, that's what that's what Georgia football does to you, man. We're gonna get you, we're gonna get you lined up, and we're gonna gash you. And uh, we we had 254 total yards in our first four possessions, and uh, we actually didn't even have to punt until our sixth possession. And uh, by the time that uh, those four possessions were over, the game is pretty much done. Uh, outstanding show going into it. Um, love the tribute to Munson. Uh, appreciate you guys' words about about that guy. And I, I, you know, somewhat something tells me that he was just smiling down, watching watching us take care of business. Uh, we run this state. Awesome. Uh, now going back to Atlanta next Saturday, 4 p.m. at the Dome. Boy, I tell you what, LSU got to get it on. It's our biggest game of the year. Who would have thought opening this season up, going out against Boise State, that we were going to get to come back here? I know all the pundits picked us um, for the East, but who would have thought that, that this is after our 0-2 start, this is where we are? Um, unbelievable job by Coach Grantham and the D. Uh, great job. Aaron Murray just throwing that thing around like a dang just pistol shooter. Um, great job. Great win. Uh, outstanding job. Go dogs. Let's go get that SEC title. Rec Tech. Rec Tech. Rec Georgia Tech. Rec Tech. Rec Tech. Rec Georgia Tech. Rec Tech Georgia. Rec Tech Georgia. Georgia Georgia. Rec Tech. Since we've Rec Tech as usual, and I don't feel like complaining anything about this game because it was really a solid game. I want to complain about one thing. Who in the blank, and I've got to try to keep this clean, were those announcers on ESPN? They stunk from quoting wrong stats to naming wrong plays to insisting that Mark Rick take Murray out of the game to rest him for next week to saying that he has to play for next week's game and not this week's game? God, no, this guy, his name was Ed Cunningham. He used to be a lineman, and one of the teams he played for were the Washington Deadskins. He must have had his head bashed in one too many times. He was awful, really Awful. Anyway, that's my complaint about the game. Otherwise, Tech got wrecked as usual. Wrecked is 10 and 1 against the Nerds. I'm happy. Bring on LSU. Dogcast Technical Support. Signing out. This episode of the Dogcast is supported by Stitcher Smart Radio, offering the Stitcher mobile app. With Stitcher's free app for mobile phones, listeners can get the latest episodes of the Dogcast along with thousands of other podcasts on demand without downloading or syncing. The free Stitcher Smart Radio app can be found in the iPhone and Android app store or at stitcher.com slash dogs.